We don't want to be a broken record, but the best advice we can give landlords is to cover yourself. Expect the unexpected and be prepared for it. You need to understand that stuff happens and to have that mindset of preparing yourself financially by having cash reserves, all while also doing preventative maintenance to keep those surprises to a minimum. When you are hands-on and paying attention to your appliances and your mechanicals and your units, you're not going to be surprised when that fridge or the water heater goes out. You know it was on the list to replace in the near future, so having those reserves brings peace of mind to running your business. Welcome to your Landlord Resource Podcast. Many moons ago, when I started as a landlord, I was as green as it gets. I may have had my real estate license, but I lacked confidence and the hands-on experience needed when it came to dealing with tenants, leases, maintenance, and bookkeeping. After many failed attempts, fast forward to today, Kevin and I have doubled our doors and created an organized, professionally operated rental property business. Want to go from overwhelmed to confident? If you're an ambitious landlord or maybe one in the making, join us as we provide strategies and teach actionable steps to help you reach your goals and the lifestyle you desire, all while building a streamlined and profitable rental property business. This is your Landlord Resource Podcast. Well, hello there, landlords. My name is Stacy, and I'm here with my hubby, who is the peanut butter to my jelly. Kevin. Very funny. Uh, you're quite particular about your PB&J, too. Yeah, I, I am. Can I tell them what I mean by that? I, I suppose. I don't think it's too weird. All right. So I learned very quickly early on that even something as simple as a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for Stacy is not so simple. She does not like any edges of the bread not covered by peanut butter. <laughs> Never mind that there'll be jelly or jam out there. There must be peanut butter spread to every corner on both sides of the bread. <laughs> and then you can add the jam or jelly to one side, but not too much, though. That's right. I really love peanut butter, and I, I like a lot of it, so it's oozing out the sides. And when it comes to jam or jelly, I'll, I'll go with raspberry jam or grape jelly in a pinch. I'll deal with strawberry. But I, I rarely eat PB&J anymore, so now you're making me want one. You know what else you're particular about? No, enlighten me. Making sure we have cash reserves for our rental properties. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got me on that one. <laughs> See what I did there? Yes. Yeah, well, um, with cash reserves and money in general, I... I am quite particular. I had trouble finding a solid stat on this, but I did read that around 7% of rental property owners had trouble making mortgage payments during the pandemic. Yeah, well, you know this, but if we didn't have a good amount of cash reserves, we would have been in a really crappy place right now with that, you know, that pandemic. We did have to put off some maintenance items that we had planned to do, but for the most part, we only had one or two tenants that had any issues, and we came through the pandemic okay. Yeah, we did. So today we're going to cover cash reserves for rental properties and give you some direction on how much is enough, depending on how many properties you own, as well as different ways to go about building this fund and some mindset pointers on the importance of holding these reserves. Yeah, so let's start off with what cash reserves are and why landlords need them. 
To put it simply, cash reserves are basically an emergency savings account. Just like for your personal finances, you should be putting a little aside each month for the unknown. You know, like a pandemic or, God forbid, a fire or flood or a tree falling on your rental or a termite infestation like we had several years ago, and even a severe drop in rental income that you become dependent on. Anything that can cause your tenants to move out and you will not have full, if any, rental income to pay your expenses. That's right. But reserves are also to save for maintenance, repairs, and replacements, too. We do set aside reserves for when we have vacancies, especially if the units are going to be vacant longer, so we can get in there and do updates and improvements to earn a higher rental rate. So let's start with how much reserves you need to set aside for your rental property. I'll get to how much to save when you own multiple properties in a minute. So back in the day, we had learned that we should be reserving a percentage of the rents earned each month. It was 5% for vacancy, 5% for capital improvements, and 5% for repairs and maintenance. These days, the theory behind saving cash reserves has changed just a little bit, and for good reason. It's not a one-size-fits-all number, and there are factors to be considered, like the age and the condition of your rental property, the property's location, and the market demand in that area and the stage that you're at as an investor. Exactly. So, a newly constructed home is much less likely to need any major repairs or renovations compared to a home like Archico Rental that was built in the early 1900s. Same goes with the condition of the property. If you or the seller had completed a major remodel to the property, assuming you replaced all the appliances and mechanicals and maybe a new roof, you likely need fewer reserves than for the units that have those items halfway through their lifespan. The same goes with the location of your property and the market demand. If your property is located in a hot market, you likely will not take long to fill your vacancy. Now, on the flip side, having reserves set aside for vacancies that can take more than 30 days to fill is a smart way to guarantee you have the income needed to cover your expenses until that vacancy is filled. Yeah, and it also allows you to to take your time when you're finding a tenant and not rush that process. We've all been there where we select a tenant because you want to get the place rented and get that money rolling in, while all along you know that they did not meet your criteria and they may not be the best fit for your rental. Then, when stuff hits the fan, you're kicking yourself. And guess what? Having cash reserves takes all that away. It allows you to take the time to find your perfect and ideal tenant who... 90% of the time, are going to pay their rent on time and respect and care for your property. That's a really good point. The last component to consider how much cash to reserve is to evaluate where you are in the scaling of your properties. If you are in the accumulation stage and actively buying properties, you may choose to keep less reserves so you'll have the cash to invest in other properties. On the flip side, if you are more in the stage of retirement or not actively growing your portfolio, you might consider increasing your reserves so you can decrease your risk. So let me jump in here for a second and talk to those who are actively scaling and growing their portfolio. When buying a property, that 15% rule I mentioned earlier is great to use when evaluating a property's earning potential. And if you're looking at properties and not including cash reserves in your financial evaluations, you're cutting yourself short. 
in addition to mortgage, insurance, taxes, and any other expenses that that property has, like HOA fees, you must include at a minimum 15% of the rent to be spent on cash reserves. Because unless you have deep financial pockets, you're chancing a financial disaster should something go wrong with your property. We don't want to be a broken record, but the best advice we can give landlords is to cover yourself. Expect the unexpected and be prepared for it. You need to understand that stuff happens and to have that mindset of preparing yourself financially by having cash reserves, all while also doing preventative maintenance to keep those surprises to a minimum. When you are hands-on and paying attention to your appliances and your mechanicals and your units, you're not going to be surprised when that fridge or the water heater goes out. You know it was on the list to replace in the near future, so having those reserves brings peace of mind to running your business. So Stacy just mentioned the 15% rule. Again, that's reserving 5% each for vacancies, repairs and maintenance, and capital improvements. If setting aside a percentage of gross rent each month, 15% is the absolute minimum you should consider. The range typically falls between 15 and 30%, and depends on the factors I had mentioned before. You know, the age, how updated the rental is, and the strength or weakness of the rental market that the property is located in. Consider a newer home that has updated appliances and HVAC that's in a hot market, and you can likely get away with 15% of gross rents. On the contrary, an older home in a weaker market that definitely is going to need some work soon you'll want to aim on the higher side and reserve 30% of gross rents. I will say that using the percentage of rents is not always the best option. Here's why. Let's say you have a small cottage rental in a rundown neighborhood and you gross $800 a month. Compare that to a larger single-family home nearby in a very desired area that rents for $1,600 a month. Both locations are close to each other so the cost to replace the water heater is going to be the same regardless of location. However, the monthly reserves that you are saving for both differ by 50%. Where this method used to be quite common, there are better options out there when it comes to determining the amount of cash reserves you should set aside. Yeah, we definitely started out that way 20 years ago, but we have now shifted to the more common method of three to six months of fixed expenses. And guess what? We know our number, and each month we have to work to keep that amount in reserves. So your fixed expenses would be reoccurring ones like your mortgage, your insurance, taxes, HOA fees, utilities, and property management fees if you have any. By reserving these expenses, you put yourself into a position of calm and peace of mind should there be a lag in rent coming in either from a vacancy or a prolonged eviction. The one problem with this method is that if you are dependent on any income from this rental property, you might consider either setting several months worth of that required income amount aside within the business reserves or your own personal account. Reserves are so you won't lose your rental property, but the same goes with your personal finances as well. If you can't pay your own bills because the income you draw from your rental is no longer available, then three to six months of cash reserves for your personal expenses is a must too. One thing you should keep in mind is that should you not be generating rents because of some sort of disaster, like a fire or flood, that forces your tenants out, your rental insurance should cover up to one year of lost rents. However, as we've said before, 
This is something to confirm with your agent or broker because all insurance companies have different policies on this. As Stacy said earlier, expect the unexpected and be prepared for it. So the last method of saving cash reserves is likely the most accurate, but by far is the most in-depth and time-consuming option. And that is to itemize all of your major appliances and capital expenditure line items. So in this scenario, you would list out all of your appliances, HVAC mechanicals, fences, roofs, septic tanks, painting the house, stuff like that. You would evaluate when each item would need to be serviced or replaced and build your reserves accordingly. For the most part, my guess is that this method is more for those investors who own a lot of properties and likely have employees who manage this part of the business. It's definitely doable, but you still need to be setting aside for your fixed expenses anyway. Plus, with the recent jump in the cost of materials and labor, it might be tough to really evaluate the amount needed in future years. That's actually a really good point. I didn't think about that. Okay, so let's talk really quick about if you own multiple properties. We know that many of our listeners do or have plans to, so it's important to know that there is a difference on how much you need to reserve. You're probably wondering why it should make a difference on the number of properties, that each property should have three to six months of their expenses reserved for the unknown, right? And our answer to that is it depends. It depends on what you're reserving for. Is it to cover during vacancies? or to help with expenses of repairs and maintenance? Is it to save for those high-end expenses like a new roof? Or is it just to cover yourself in case of a natural disaster like a hurricane, tornado, earthquake, or in wildfire-prone areas? Maybe it's a little of all those things. It also makes a difference on the proximity of your properties to one another. So for us, we own rentals in Chico and Sacramento, California, and we own in Boise, Idaho. All our properties are over two to three hours away from each other, so the chance of a natural disaster or a major shift in the rental market hitting all three of those at once is unlikely. However, we tend to lean on the more conservative side and prefer to prepare each property for the worst. We do not have one reserve account that covers all our properties combined. The thing is, we do not feel we have to have the max amount set aside for each property either. We know that we can pull from one to help the other should we need to. And additionally, Kevin and I have a pretty sizable HELOC that we can lean on if a disaster happens to strike all of our rentals at one time. But how would that happen, you ask? The pandemic is a perfect example of why each property should have at least three months to cover your expenses. If we did not have a significant amount of cash reserves when that pandemic hit, we would still be digging ourselves out of a very difficult situation. So when it comes to having cash reserves when owning multiple properties, your best bet is to evaluate the risk based on their location, their age, and your personal ability to cover expenses when no rent is coming in. The bottom line is, it's unlikely the bottom's going to fall out of all properties at the same time, so there's a good chance you're going to be okay with less, but only you can know how much reserves is going to make you feel safe and secure. I want to circle back to those who may be getting ready to buy their first rental property or for those who are buying another. Stacy had mentioned about when evaluating the financials of the investment to use the 15% rule to cover 5% each of vacancies, repairs, and capital expenditures. If for some reason you can't swing that 15%, 
you have the option to set a large chunk of funds aside after the close. You can do this by having a credit back from the seller or by having your own HELOC or by partnering with someone on the purchase who has deep pockets that can support any issues that arise. Maybe you put the deposit down and they forego their portion of the income and put that towards building the cash reserves until they match the down payment amount. Be creative. You can always find a way to make it work. But a word to the wise. As you begin as an investor, you will make mistakes and need those reserves. Until you become a more seasoned real estate investor, make sure you are fully covered financially for when those mistakes happen. And guess what? We have been landlords for over 20 years, and we still get surprises at our rentals. And we have learned firsthand why having cash reserves are important. Here are some issues that have happened where we have had to pull from our cash reserves. We had a water leak that took out one-third of our single-family home rental. This happened a couple years after the deadly campfire up in Chico, and where the fire wasn't the issue, finding tradesmen to come in and do the repairs was nearly impossible. That, and it cost three times more than expected, because so many homes were being rebuilt in the area that demand highly outweighed the supply of workers. We also had a fruit fly infestation along with a small flood in one of our studio apartments. The whole unit had to get new floors, new appliances, and our painter had to use a special, very expensive primer to cover up the smell that came with all that. And oh, when we were in there doing repairs, we found out that the window had been leaking and mold had grown behind where the tenant had kept his nightstand. We had to replace the window and the drywall. Several years back, we had a stackable washer and dryer in one of our units leak water and ended up having to replace the flooring in the whole unit. Yeah, and don't forget, this last year, we had that huge <laughs> branch fly off a neighboring tree during the big storm, and it literally pierced the roof. Yes. I mean, it was like having a seven-foot antler on the house. <laughs> I mean, we had to pay a premium to get a roof route to repair it enough to get us through the winter, and now we need to redo the whole area of that part of the roof. We had termites and had to tent the whole sixplex. So not only did we have the expense of the termite service, then we had to pay for our tenants to move out for a few days. We've had countless appliances go out. I mean, they were old. And we decided to just replace them all because we wanted to change the old white ones to updated stainless steel. You can see how things happen. And the more properties you have, the risk goes up. Two of those items I just mentioned happened during the pandemic. So we had limited income coming in and then add those expenses that had to be remedied. By having cash reserves, we put a buffer between us and financial hardship. All right, you guys, it's that time of the show where we want to talk a little bit about mindset. Cash reserves are important in general because they add comfort and a safety net. It's fully logical to think about keeping cash on the side should any costly issues arise. Roof repair, costly evictions, or a series of maintenance needs can really pull at your feeling of profitability. But is earmarking that money for this use the right approach? Here's the deal. It depends on the path you're on as an investor. It depends on your goals, what motivates you, and what your vision and timeline for growth are. I have mentioned before that if you want quality tenants, you have to be a quality landlord. And this goes hand in hand with running your rental property business professionally. So I'm going to switch gears here and tell you, forget everything that we just told you. 
there's two kinds of rental property owners. The first kind is someone who owns a property or two and is happy with the income that those properties add to their financial stability. Maybe it's someone who inherited a home and decided to rent it out. Or maybe it's someone who moved to a larger, nicer home in a better neighborhood and kept their first home as a rental. They likely don't have a lot of experience or work with a property manager and are good with handling a few things that arise on their own. For this landlord, cash reserves are a must. They need to do what they can to insulate themselves from a big hit. The other kind of rental property owner is more focused on the investments and how fast they can grow their business. Imagine the difference between these two, like you would a mom-and-pop deli, and then maybe a young go-getter who wants to expand their specialty sandwich shop and cafe to multiple locations and even create a franchise out of the business concept. Real estate investors are the same exact thing. You have your owners who have a few units and are satisfied with the earnings. Then you have those go-getters who can't and won't stop scaling and building their empire until they're multimillionaires or even become billionaires. You also have those in between, like us. We are scaling, but we're older and a bit more methodical about it. We have a lot to lose if we screw up an investment, and our goal is to have rentals to support our retirement someday so that we can continue living the lifestyle we have become accustomed to when we decide we're ready to stop working. Conversely, our son, who's in his mid-20s, is a different story. He is highly motivated to get out of his 9-to-5 and wants to scale his rentals as quickly as possible. In order to do this, he'll have to limit his cash reserves to reinvest those funds into additional properties. As he adds more rentals to his portfolio and his equity grows within those rentals, he'll be in a more comfortable position to utilize the income generated to cover unexpected costs. If you want to aggressively build your real estate portfolio, you'll need to take some profits and reinvest them when the opportunity arises. We read this online about cash reserves and like the metaphor. If you're squirreling some of those profits away for when acorns are scarce, you're missing the chance to buy another oak tree. You see, it all comes down to your vision, your goals, and what motivates you. If your goal is to invest, you need to put your money towards growth, not comfort. It's also important to point out, by investing and adding to what you already own, you're taking steps to create comfort in a different way. Like Stacy mentioned about our son, once he gets to owning four or five buildings, he'll have money coming in from those that can create comfort in his ability to cover any unexpected expenses that might arise. So to end it, all investments and so much of what you do should come down to your personal goals, your motivations, vision, and trajectory that stems from those. Holding a specific amount of cash reserves is a personal choice. If you're not accustomed to debt and aren't comfortable taking financial risks, have the cash reserves to help you feel confident about the investment you already have. If you're looking to grow your assets and are actively looking to invest, you may find that keeping cash reserves is taken from your ability to purchase your next property. Personally, Stacy and I are somewhere in the middle. We are not huge risk takers, but should we find a property that we need to use some of our cash reserves to make the deal work, we will. And then we'll work to build those borrowed reserves back up. Okay, landlords, we hope we've given you something to think about when it comes to holding cash reserves. It's not our job to tell you what to do. We are here to guide you and provide you with information so you can make a decision that works best for your rental property business and lifestyle. 
that is our show for today. If you like what you hear, it will really help us out if you followed or subscribed on your favorite podcast platform. It would help us even more if you not only subscribe, but took the time to leave us a very kind review. If you want us to email you a link to the podcast each week, subscribe to our newsletter, Landlord Weekly. Not only does it include the link for the podcast, but we also include a deep dive into a landlord tip and several landlord-specific articles. We'll put a link in the show notes for you to check it out. Again, thanks for listening. This is Stacy and Kevin. And until next time, you've got this, landlords. Thank you.